Well, here we are again in a brand new year. I greet you in the name of Jesus Christ. Wherever you are, I say good morning, good afternoon, good evening. I am so glad to be with you. This is a new cycle in time. And this cycle is called a year. Oh, good evening, all of you. I didn't see you there, but God bless it. I'm so thankful that you are here. I want to invite a few people tonight. Um, I did in the in the beginning here, uh, just before I came on, but I'm going to add to the list because what I'm going to talk about tonight concerns us all, I do believe. And if we can wrap our heads and minds around that which is needful in terms of living a full Christian life, a life submitted to God, then we will live far more successfully and we will be happier people. I know this by experience. I know what God has done for me. And so I didn't know that I was going to start the year with a testimony, but the Lord has brought me to it and I shall um, follow through as I believe he has guided me and, and he is leading me. Life can be very challenging, very difficult. Understanding the faith we say we trust in far greater than what we believe. But every day, according to Psalm 19, the heavens declare the glory of God. That declaration is proof positive that God is real, that he really is, and that he exists. And it further says in Psalm 19 that the firmament shows forth his handiwork. The handiwork of God is proof, proof positive that he is real and that he is powerful and that he can do greatness beyond what we can imagine or think. We have only to observe the natural world, what we call the natural world, the trees, the forests, the stars and the moon and the, you know, the, the birds, the ocean and the tides that come and go and uh, the springs and the brooks that flow and that all uh, bodies of water flow towards that ocean. It is an amazing world. God is alive and he is on uh, on display every day. By the way, this is, wow, what a show. And we are talking about the showing that God gives us day in and day out. Night unto night, so says the psalmist, utters speech. And uh, I mean, that shows his knowledge. And in all that we experience each new day, we can attest to the fact that there is something out there some great power that far surpasses our own uh, understanding or our ability to suppress it. When storms come and we all would like to stop them when they are fierce and the winds are blowing, my whole picnic table, well, it's not a picnic table, it's a an outside table made of glass with the umbrella in the stand, the, the winds came. It wasn't a hurricane or anything. The winds were strong. Picked up that umbrella, lifted out the glass t tabletop, 
crushed it on the ground and the umbrella flew into wherever we don't even know. That is the power of the wind. And that wind blows by the power and command of God. And why the, the uh, you know, the table outside? Of course, many things were in disarray. The trees halfway falling and they're reeling and rocking out of the roots to eventually they come up and they're dying because they've been, you know, uh, uh, the roots have been up, uprooted. The tree has been uprooted. There's so much that we can see. You know, uh, it, it is written in Proverbs that there are four, what is it, three things that, that, that I am amazed at, yea, four I cannot understand. And, and the writer goes on to say those things. And one of them is the way of a man with a maid, the, the way of a serpent upon a rock, the grave that has no feeling. You can't satisfy it. It keeps calling out for more and more. And we read these words, you know, and we don't kind of really understand them to the fullest, but we pray that the Lord will reveal much more of what he means as we grow in him and as we spend time with him. So I am Phyllis and I'm the host of uh, this podcast. By the way, the podcast is the live outreach of Rehoboth Institute of the Arts podcast the main one known as Conversations in Creative Evangelism. And that's how I started to talk with artists, you know, to talk with people who've got something on their minds and they want to express it in the in this world while we are alive. These are the people that I, I, I started out talking with and I'm going to pick up and continue. We just had a phenomenal series that I am still just feasting on by two of of our collective members, one on a cane on the uh, character, uh, the uh, cultivation of the character of the character in Jane uh, Charlotte Bronte's novel Jane Eyre. I always get it all bumfuzzled in my mouth. Nonetheless, we uh, had a series on that, and that series was so revealing. It was in one session. Uh, answers to many of my own prayers and my wonderings about church and the interaction of believers with each other. And then we had a series that preceded that. Uh, well, it was, uh, it, there may have been two. I think there was one uh, given by a dancer who is uh, Sharice Brown. Sharice uh, showed us how every day of our lives, no matter what we endeavor to do, though gifts and talents that God gives us can be used to continue to glorify him, to point people to the cross. You know, Jesus Christ said, if I be lifted up, I will draw. That means he will do it. All we have to do is point people in the direction so that they can see him lifted up high above all the heavens, above the earth, above all that we know. That is who our God is. We're so grateful Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we've come tonight, we've gathered again in your presence. Oh God, make us understand that we are never not in your presence. And so everything we say, we do, we think, you know, all of the actions of our lives are revealed before you, not in a, in, in, you know, a lag time, but in present time and all the deeds of men are being recorded in that one great book. Everything that we say, recorded, never dying, always alive. And by our words, you have already told us, we shall be both justified 
and condemned. Oh God, we're crying out to you tonight. We need you, Father. We ask you to look into us and cause us to see ourselves as you see us and then cause us to repent. And that's every one of us, Lord, chick, child, mother, father, uh, aunt, uncle, brother, sister, whoever we are, friend to friend. Let it be that we look first at ourselves and that we see ourselves for who we are and that we are, Lord God, always ready to repent. Thank you for being so present with us. Thank you for caring so much about us, Lord, that you would take the time to actually shine the light of our need on us so that we can also see it and come to repentance. Your word tells us that you're not willing for any to perish, but that all should come to repentance. And God, as we live and we've accepted this great benefit called salvation, oh Lord, in it, we're walking into what you've already reckoned to be. We're walking into, Lord God, the maturity, the purity that you have already reckoned us in so that we are recipients, Lord God, in that great and wonderful day of your presence forever. We will reside and live with you in your eternal kingdom always. So as we come tonight, Lord God, let us consider how great the salvation is. Let us consider that it is not worth anything in the earth, that we can give it all up, Father, to grasp, to take hold of your love and your promise for eternal life. Father, in whatever I say, let it be from your anointed throne. Let it not be my own words or my own desires to be fulfilled here. But Lord God, let it be as you have planned. I'm simply opening my mouth. And if you do not speak, I have nothing to say before your people in the name of Jesus. But if I should speak, oh Lord God, let these words be the words that you want every ear to hear. And I ask you, my God, to cause it to be effective in our individual lives, that we would walk closer to the fulfillment of that promise that you have for us. And I praise you for it, Lord. I'm praising you, Lord God. I worship you because you are not a man that you should lie, so saith your word, nor the son of man that you should repent. You don't go back. You don't need to turn back. You are not a God who is in error ever. You're always good. As even Tony Ritchie brought us a, a message, there is no failure in you. When we walk in you, Lord God, we are assured of victory and good success in the realm of the spirit. And we thank you for that. Now, what we pray is your will, O oh God. And when we pray your will, your word says we can have the petitions that we ask in the name of Jesus Christ. I thank you, O oh Lord. Amen. So welcome to all of you here. May the Lord God, our uh our King and our Savior, uh, our Father, may he bless you to uh, receive even as I have prayed and I trust and believe it. So it is written in uh, the book of John uh, chapter 10 here and the, and the 10th verse, as a matter of fact, Jesus is talking and he says, the thief cometh not but for to steal. Guys, I want you to hear me tonight. The, the, the enemy, the enemy comes to us to steal, to kill, to actually 
kill, to, to take away life and to destroy. But Jesus says, I am come that they may have life and that they might have it more abundantly. That they may have life and they might have it more abundantly. And he's talking to, uh, I'm not quite sure because I haven't read the whole chapter today, but he's talking about himself as the good shepherd. So he's probably teaching out there. Um, he passed by, he saw a man in the former chapter who was blind and he heals the man. And then he um, uh, went, he's going on and he gives a teaching on neighbors and um uh, he gives a parable, right, on these things. I have a, I have a clock in the back of me, y'all. So when you hear the ticking there and the donging, that's that clock that belongs to someone else. But I'm keeping it in my house. But anyway, the, the Pharisees sent for him. And they didn't believe what had happened. And he's telling them how Jesus healed him and so forth. So it's that's the preceding chapter. And um, as we go on, uh, Jesus says, um, Let's see. I, I, I don't. I don't want to get too involved here. Who is the Lord that I might believe on Him? That was the blind man talking, and Jesus Christ is speaking to him. And at the end of the chapter says, and some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words and said unto him, Are we blind also? Jesus said unto them, If you were blind, you should have no sin. But now you say, We see. Therefore, your sin remaineth. Isn't that quite? Ironic, irony. That's that's irony. There, he says. You say you can see, but you are really blind. If you had said you were blind, then you could have received your sight. But now, now, your sin remaineth. These are amazing words, and so this precedes this teaching that he now gives. On the good shepherd, he says, verily, verily, I say unto you, he that entereth not by the door unto the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. Let me tell you, I believe with all my heart that many of us want to, many people, not us on the show here, not us, but some folks want to climb up a different way. They want to come in by way of their church going, or they want to come in by way of their supposed good works, or they want to come in by way of some other faith altogether. They want to enter in, but they're not coming in the right way. He says, enter in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. He that enters that way to him, the porter opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. And when he puts forth his own sheep, he goes before them and the sheep follow him for they know his voice and a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him for they know not the voice of strangers. Praise God indeed. Now to thank you for that. Thank you. We come in by the door which is the door, Jesus Christ. We have to get to God through this redemptive work in the prepared body. And we call him Jesus Christ. God called him Jesus. Emmanuel with us. God with us. That's what he, uh, his name was. That's who he is. And so we must come in that way. 
And this parable, Jesus uh, spoke to them, uh, but they didn't understand not what things they were, which he spake unto them. He, they didn't get it altogether. So then Jesus goes on and he says to them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. I'm the door. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers. Anybody who came before him and claimed to be, they were thieves. They were robbers. And he said, but the sheep didn't even hear them. The sheep, the truly born again, those who trust and know God, they didn't believe them. And he says, I am the door. And if any man enter in by me, he shall be saved. And he shall go in and out and find pasture. That means wherever we are, wherever we find ourselves to be, even I believe in our own uh, failures to continue to walk in the way that we should, but we come in again. And we repent and we find the same pasture. The same salvation is working in our lives such that we are never without our father overseeing, surrounding and keeping us. He says, the thief comes not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come that you might have life and that you may have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep, which Jesus did. As the good shepherd, he would not let any of us perish. He gave his life for us. And if we enter in and accept what he has done and what he has given, we are the saved. He says, I am and I give my life, but he that is an hireling and not the shepherd whose own who whose own the sheep are not seek the wolf coming they see him and leave the sheep and flee and the wolf catches them and scatters the sheep the hireling flees because he isn't hireling and he does not care for the sheep but i am the good shepherd and i know my sheep and i am known of mine who glory thank you thank you father and as the father knows me even so, I, the Father, I know him too. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And other sheep I have, which are not of this fold, them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life that I may take it again. No man takes it from me, but I lay it down of myself. I have power to lay it down. And I have the power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. Glory to God. And after that, there was a division, therefore again, among the Jews for these things. You know why? Because some of them came in by the wrong door. Some of them climbed up the wrong way. And so they could not receive what Jesus was saying because they are not of the fold. Now, when I talk with uh, us, you know, here by myself, really, you know, um, I have consistently warned us to always do a personal assessment. 
to find out if we are indeed in the way. Are we truly walking in God's own doctrines, his principles, his teachings? Are we walking in God, in Christ? See, we are covered and kept in Jesus Christ. And if we are, then taking a good look at ourselves is not only important, it is necessary. Father is always going to show us who we are. Why? Because we are his own. We are his children. We are his handiwork. We are the born again, the greatly beloved, those who are accepted. So why would he love us less than that? He would not. He is not going to ignore our needs. And let me tell you, my sin nature and yours needs to be crucified. How will it be crucified unless we assent to the fact that it should be crucified and we give over to the hand of God, the crucifixion of this flesh? That's what he is doing for us. And we love it. And we love his appearing, which is why we know that we are the sheep fold. We in that fold and we can go in and out and have class. Now that in and out doesn't mean that you willfully go out somewhere and, and commit whatever little atrocity or sin that you want to. It simply means that we are, as it is written in uh, John, the, the first, second or third John, I don't remember which one it is, but he says, if you say you have no sin, you are, you lie. We all have it. And as we walk with the Lord and he shines the light on it, if he brings us to our own, uh, the consequences of ourselves, he's loving us. He's paying attention to us. He's showing us. He's guiding us to the very salvation that he has already wrought on the cross. Good evening, all Emmanuel, Nana and Joe, Jonathan. Bless you. Thank you so much for being here with us. Uh, and you guys can write anything to me that you like. Ask any question. I am not a biblical scholar. I am just one who follows as hard as I can after Jesus Christ. I will answer as best I can. Or somebody in the uh, studio might answer for you, right? If I cannot. So tonight, uh, to further go, go further on, I want to give you a bit of my testimony because this is very, very revealing. What God has done for us is something that somebody probably needs to hear to get perked up and know that there is a truth that is a living. And I was thinking the other day, how many people say they don't believe in God, you know, because they can't see him. Well, there are many things that we believe in that we cannot see, but we do see the effects of what uh, is exists there. We cannot see the wind, and yet we feel it when it blows. We cannot see the air, and yet we breathe it in and out every day. We don't see the gases out there that com com comprise the uh, atmosphere, and yet they are present, and that's why we don't suffocate. And we don't see um, love, th those intangibles that we live in all the time and desire. But love is real and love exists. 
And if you know God, you know it does because he loves you. And if you have a person in your life that is very, very uh, good to you, you know kindness, but you can't touch it. You cannot see it, but it is there and you experience it. Even you feel it. The love of God is the same way. And God is that way. God is real. Whether you see him with your natural eye or you do not, he is there. Who is it that tells the ocean to stand still when it comes into shore? And who is it that gives permission for it to come beyond its own uh, shoreline when something major happens? Who is it that commands the winds? They start up, but they don't continue. They always have an ending. Who is it that controls the forest fires? I mean, these are major events in our lives and they burn the forest fires. You know, when they catch fire, they could burn up a whole little town if they're in the wrong place, right? But there is reason to, to, to what things are going on. And the fires are quenched at a point. What is it that you can see in a day? Like, okay, you cannot see the thrust and the power that keeps an airplane in the air. But you can sure enough get into that airplane and, and ride, right? <laughs> and pray, of course, that that, that that thrust doesn't give up, that that engine and the gas and everything that keeps that thing afloat is going to get you to your, to your um, final destination. All these things we cannot see, but we surely do trust them. Even the car is operating kind of on the same principle. It's just not going quite as fast. And that means some other stuff because I'm not that person. But we get in our cars. We, you know, you fire that thing up. You know nothing about what's going on under that hood. But whatever is going on, it takes you in a car, in a place, and you're sitting in something that is you're rolling on wheels and you're getting from one point to the next. There are many things that we do not see, but they really are real. We don't see the many viruses that claim many lives that make us sick. We don't see bacteria. You don't even see the inside of your own body. I surely don't, unless you're a doctor and you've, you know, maybe taken some x-rays or something. Uh, but but we, we're walking around in a body and we have no clue what's going on in there. Unless we're studying, of course, you can get a little insight onto some things. You know, I did a bit of biology, but I don't know what's really happening in my body. But I believe that what should happen is happening because I'm breathing and I'm ingesting and I'm uh, ruminating and I'm feeling full when I eat my food. And, you know, I hope I'm being nourished by my choices, etc. Much we don't see. Yes, God is real, and he is always working behind the scenes. Glory to God. Thank you, Nana. That's exactly right. God is always there. He's always doing what he ought to do. And so that brings me to my testimony, which I'm going to start with by reading from Psalm 34. And it reads, that you might work worthy, walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing Oh, no, that's not it. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I don't think that's it. Uh, the first verse, 10, 11, 12, 13. No, 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 no. Something is wrong. Sorry, guys. Um, hmm. Okay, so I printed this stuff out and it didn't come out in the right order. So let me reverse the order of my papers here so I can begin at the beginning. 
Okay. In Psalm 34, it is written, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul makes her boast in the Lord. Guys, I want you to know this is Phyllis Ledbetter telling you the truth. My soul makes her boast in the Lord. There is nothing in me that is worth anybody knowing about. Save God had not come in and swept me to some degree clean. And he's continuing the process. My goodness is in Jesus Christ. In me, there was nothing. I want you to know it. See, the world will make us think that we are somebody sometimes. But there is nothing good that remains. I may do a good deed from time to time. I may actually be able to talk myself into liking you all the time, some of the time, but nothing good rests continuously in me. My soul makes her boast in the Lord and the humble shall hear of it and they will be glad because you see, I'm pointing to the cross. Oh, I invite you to magnify the Lord with me and let us together exalt his name. I sought the Lord, oh my goodness, and he heard and he delivered me. I'm telling you, when you hear the rest of this the, the part of the, the testimony of my life, you're going to understand these words. I sought him. He heard and delivered me from all my fears. My fears, the word says that the enemy held us captive by virtue of our fear of death. That's what has happened. And when people talk about the enemy, you can get real scared, right? Because you think that enemy has power greater than God. He does not. God is God alone. There is no other power, no other love, no other being, no other anything greater than God. See, everything has been created by him. All things exist by his upholding power, the word that he speaks, what he allows, that's who God is. Let's stand, guys, in this new cycle of time called year 2024 and be confident in this one thing. There is no God but God. And he has given us names by which we can identify him. Oh, yes, he's Jehovah, Shalom, the God of peace. He is Jehovah, Jireh, the one who provided the sacrifice. He is Jehovah Sitkanu, and I hope I got this one right. He is the refiner. He purifies. He is Jehovah. Um, what is it? Uh, oh my goodness, I'm, I'm losing them. I knew them all. But he is God, and he's God alone. He is the one who writes the law on your heart and mind. He is Nisi, the banner over us, which is love. He is the great I am. He is all that is in all. He is the creator of all that we know, even the one that you fear. You see, God and God alone. Hallelujah. There's a song by Steve Green, and that's what it's titled. God and God alone can take the universe's throne. Let everything that hath breath 
proclaim his holy name and worship him, God and God alone. Oh, yes, he is God. So I invite you to magnify him with me. See, when we talk about him like that, when we just call his name in sincerity of heart, when we say to somebody, God loves you, you are bringing power, the power of who he is, close and personal to someone else. God is, and that's it. Anything that goes behind it. You can say he's anything but a failure, like Tony said. You can say he's anything but but evil, because he's not that. He's totally righteous and all the altogether good. He is the only good, by the way. God is, and that's who we worship. They looked unto him and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed, you see. This poor man cried. I'm talking about Phyllis. And the Lord heard him and saved him out of all of his troubles. The angel of the Lord encamps around about them that fear him and delivers them. Hallelujah. He delivered me from my fears. And my fears were in the supernatural, the mysterious. I did not know. So one day I asked the Lord, I wanted to see. He was he was bringing me to himself so powerfully. I said, Lord, I just want to see into the spirit realm. I did say it, you guys, in prayer. And after that, I attended um, uh, a weekend. I you know I went on a retreat, and it was to this place in um, a, a southern state, and it was very rural and. The, it was, you know, set in the back, which had kind of drive through sort of you know, a thicket to get there. And um, this is where he unearthed this fear in me. Because you see, I was born the seventh child. And to parents who kind of, you know, had lived in the rural South there, and they had some little ideas about some things going on. So I had to live under the constancy of them telling me that I was born with a veil over my face, the seventh child. All of this had great spiritual significance to, to everyone around me and that I was supposed to see spirits tell the future, et cetera, et cetera. Now think about what that can do to a small child. I'm telling you, I can remember them telling me this when I was as young as maybe f f uh, six years old and probably before because I remember uh, that I uh, told my mother, my grandmother was supposed to visit, and I said, she's not coming because somebody died. Now, I don't know if I was guessing at it. I don't know if, 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 you know, if it was a solid truth, but that's exactly what happened, right? And so I've been kind of uh, skeezed out a little bit ever since they, I started hearing this stuff. So in this testimony, I want you to know that our testimonies are not single events, but they are written throughout our journey with the Lord, okay? And God has helped me over and over again. This is not the only time. Though having experienced almost a full year of upheaval in our government, the constancy of death from COVID-19 infections and uncertainty that still looms as the invisible airborne viruses threaten all of us with either sickness or death, it is befitting to share how God delivered me from fear and the chaos of my mind at a point in my life when fear seized, gripped me so tightly. My mind was filled with images of doom and evil, desperation, and the sense that I was surrounded by the unseen presence of Satan 
himself. I went through it, you all. And this, the, 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 I wrote this uh, to do testimony in the church, so I didn't change the front. But I could go back and say, through this last year, look at what we have experienced looking at the war that is in the world. And the war is highlighted above all the other sufferings that are going on. People needing clean water, right? People living still in abject poverty in 2024. And you don't have to go to Africa or India or any of these places where we've been told it's so bad to see it. I can walk down the hill from where I live. I worked in it and saw it right here in this country. Oppression, racism, depression, mental illness. We've lived through this stuff. And yet the presence of God keeps us from losing our very sanity. So during this season, and the season that wasn't over the past year, it was, it was some years back, I can or shall be as brief as possible uh, and give witness to God's power over the evil that surrounded me during this period. The, what I'm talking about was not from time to time. It was for time the daily experience. 24-7 of my life, I was seized and gripped. At night, fear, fear engulfed me. I worked at the Mental Health Association in uh, Pennsylvania, and during my employment there, I shared the gospel of Christ with almost everyone I encountered, and I took to heart a person who was in dire need of spiritual friendship as she battled for freedom from the bondage of her own past life and her husband's alcoholism and neglect. I was surrounded by so much mental illness, so much pain, and I have considered that perhaps the reason of my battle was connected to all that. The spiritual warfare was a somewhat new awareness for me. And uh, as I learned more about it, I was faced with the fear of even knowing about it. I didn't even want to know about it. Because as you see, I from a child, I'd be going through these little thing things and hearing my daddy talk about some stuff stuff. And I was petrified, truly. And so uh, people I met in the church, I was uh, attending newer ministry. They introduced me to this ministry that was, like I said, it was located in a southern state. And um, I went there. And for the first time in those backwoods, I witnessed a deliverance ministry. I scarcely remember now what or how many or what the person was really um, uh, delivered from. But I remember that there was a cry out and there were in the presence there something that was unfamiliar to me, very demonic, and filled me with fear. In that little place where we were, it was a building that was going was being built. It wasn't finished yet. And the only part of it that had been built was the basement. And so when you entered it, you had to go down these stairs, right? And if you know the rural south, like I know the rural south, when it gets dark, it's really dark, right? And there are no street lights and stuff on this property. And from the main house, we walked down a path and we got to this place. 
and in the place. I was sitting up on the top um, step of one of, you know, the step that leads out on the other side of the room. We came in by one staircase. I was sitting on the other side by another staircase. And the door, of course, was not closed, right? It wouldn't close all the way. So I I began to feel uh, like somebody was watching me from behind. And um, it, it seemed that I was so surrounded by something that was causing me to be extremely fearful. So I, you know, I came back and I could tell you there's so much more to this that I'm leaving out. But I remember on the on the ride back that I was riding and the driver, he was not the driver when we went down, but this guy was driving back and he had been living there for his own deliverance. Right. He had been a a young man from a a lower, the lower south, and he had uh, uh, participated in something they call water witching, which I've not found out about it. But nonetheless, you know, he taught me a song and the song was I've got a river of life flowing out of me, makes the lame to walk and the blind to see, opens prison doors and set the captives free. I've got a river of life flowing out of me. Spring up, O well. Um, Spring up, O well, within my soul. Spring up, O well, and make me whole. Spring up, O well, and spring up, O well, and give to me that life abundantly. Remember, I read that Jesus said, I came that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. And I sang that song and I sang that song. So when I got back home, Nothing changed. The fear was all over me. It was so bad that um, I would um, feel like I couldn't, I could never escape it. And when the Lord would call me out of my bed in the early morning hours when still dark, four o'clock, he would call me, uh, five o'clock, you know, um, I would go downstairs in my house. I lived in a, a a row house, which is like a brownstone, but much smaller. I would go down there. And of course, you're totally separated from the upstairs and, you know, just in an airlight home. So it's really open with my Bible and my hymnal and put it on that table, the, the coffee table there that my husband had made, by the way. And I would uh, just be in the word of God and I would worship with the Lord. And in those moments, the Lord would be so near to me and he would so surround me and give me peace. And the fear, now that I think back on it, the fear would dissipate. It would go away, right? But then the day would start and I it would go all over again. And um, I prayed and I fasted and I prayed and I fasted. And during those years, it was nothing for me to fast a good three days. I mean, and I, when, when I, was fasting in those days. I took nothing. You know, I was just fasting, just going straight without food. And I think mostly without water. I don't think I ever drank water during those days. And as I did this, God taught me so much about himself. First, I'm in the word. Now I've been Bible reading since I was a young person. So it wasn't that I had not read the Bible. I truly had. But the revelation that came forth as I would read and pray and worship. And what I would hear in my ear from my father, oh my goodness, there is no better time in my life for spiritual growth that I can attest to. It was incredible. 
and I know that there is something about the morning. I know that when you start your day in the morning with God, that you have a better day and that you're going to conquer in that day as you walk with him. So he would call me and I would go. And I can tell you more about that moment in time and how the Lord showed me stuff, right? He just showed me things. I was also reading a book on spiritual warfare at that time. And at the end of the book, it there are a series of truths. And the, the uh, author there would just tell you, tell you that, you know, all these scriptures that showed you the power of the blood being washed and bought with the price of Jesus Christ on uh, his own blood. It was and it is a key to your knowing. If we know these things and if we walk in what we know, we will overcome. You know, there's a scripture that says, I thank my God that through Jesus Christ, I am always victorious. Hallelujah. And where is that scripture now? You see, I should not, I should know it. I should know where to tell you to find it. Um, but, and and I, I, if we, you know, we have a little time, I'll look it up and I'll make sure that you get it. And if someone else out there knows where it is, please put it in the chat for us. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to truncate this. I'm going to bring this in. So I went through this and I went through this and, and, and so much more than I, that I have not uh, spoken to you. But as I would get on the train and and take the train into my job, you know, from one city into uh, Philadelphia, I was going, right? I would read the Bible. And one day, the Lord gave me a litany of scriptures. I want you to know I did not try to memorize the scriptures. I did not go looking them up. The Holy Spirit brought back to my uh, memory and my mem- remembrance, as the word says, those things that I needed to know. So I'm testifying to you tonight also of what the Holy Spirit's ministry is in your life. That is one of them. He will bring to your remembrance everything and he will uh, reprove you of your sin and the world of their sin. His ministry is to be our comforter and to speak to us so that we know what God wants, right? And this is God. We know that all three of the uh, persons is a part of who God is. And so I went through this. I I, I fought through and I, you know, day in and day out, uh, 24-7, as I said, and the end didn't come. And um, one day I was leaving work. I was so very tired of this battle. But when, when these images and thoughts and chaos would come, excuse me, I would simply, by the leading of the Spirit, repeat (coughs) these scriptures, (coughs) excuse me, that God had given me. And I want to share them with you. Now, you know, you don't have to try and go back and do what I did or unless the Lord tells you to. (coughs) But he gave me the scriptures. He literally gave them to me. I did not search them out. This is what he told me to say Uh, from Luke 10. Uh, uh, chapter 10, uh, verses 17 through 20, he says, And the 70 returned again with joy, saying, Lord, even the devils are subject to us through thy name. And he said unto them, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. <clears throat> and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Notwithstanding, in this rejoice not that the spirits are subject unto you, 
but rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. That's that I'm telling you guys, that is assurance. That is assurance of your salvation and of the love of God in your life. He also gave me uh, 2 Corinthians 10, and I call it my over and out scripture, 10, uh, 3 and 4, but I say 10, 4. And he says, it is written there, <clears throat> for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. We don't fight these battles, you know, in our uh, in our own power here. You, we, what do we have? You know, God is God. And he says, <clears throat> for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought. Pay attention to that. Every thought to the obedience of Jesus Christ. When you start getting all these thoughts in your head and you let them sit there and marinate in your mind, don't do it. Negative. No. If your thoughts as a born again child of God are contrary <clears throat> to what Jesus Christ has taught us, to what would be uh, a principle or a truth, reject it. If it's coming, you, you, you're, we're so, you know, kind of caught in with our thoughts and we think of everything we think is us. You know what I'm saying? It is not, if it's not lining up with the Lord, that is worthy of death in you. It needs to line up with what God will do. And I'm not talking about, you know, you're sitting down having to write a report. However, if you're writing that report and there's any lie in it, that does not line up. So you have to rebuke that in the name of Jesus Christ. Ask the Lord to de deliver you from all of that. Do not entertain the lie or the deception in your thoughts. Live in the truth that God has given. Be determined to try every spirit by the spirit to make sure that that which you are thinking is righteous and a part of your salvation. Bringing every thought into captivity unto the obedience of Jesus Christ. And then the third was for who hath known the mind of the Lord that he may instruct him? See, but we have the mind of Christ. In other words, you know, what is this in my mind? If I have the mind of Christ, if I know the word of God, if I have met with my father, then anything else that is contrary to that, it is not from my father. And who instructs him? Nobody. I don't, but surely the enemy does not. And so if things come in my mind that are out of alignment, we can just know. You can let that one go. Just let it go. And then finally, well, actually, the the the, the one I just read came uh, later on as I was reading the Bible. But this third one, that really was the third one, was from Colossians 1, 9. And it reads that for, we, for this cause, we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. With that, I'm adding all of this. Really, the part that came that I uh, spoke all the time, that I am strengthened with all might according to his glorious power. Unto, uh, where is it? I put it in bold, but I cannot. <clears throat> That's the part. It was uh, Corinthians 1 9, the ninth verse there. The ninth verse. Strengthened with all power. 
according to all night. Uh, <laughs> I'm losing myself here. I'm sorry. The pages are printed out and they fail uh, out of order. But strengthen with all might unto. <clears throat> uh, oh my gosh, now I forgot what I'm saying. His glorious power. Oh, maybe it didn't print. I'm not quite sure. But if you want to see it, you just go to Col- Colossians 1 9, 1 9, 1 9. All righty. And um, then uh, for whoever can instruct him, who has known his mind, for we have the mind of Christ, that was one that was added. Now, remember, the Holy Spirit brought me to it. The Holy Spirit brought me to it. The Holy Spirit led me in these scriptures, which I still, and, and this has been over 30 years, I'm sure. I, well, maybe even long, more than that. I still use the same scriptures. I still know them. I didn't try to memorize them. I'm telling you, I didn't go look for them. This is how much God loves us. He promised that he would finish the work in us until the day of Jesus coming. He promised and he keeps his word. He will finish the work. He will finish the work. The word says, again, I I return to Psalm 34 and I hope I'm going to get it here. Psalm 34 says, Oh, taste and see. I'm starting in verse 8 now. I'm picking up from where I was before. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Darlings, all we have to do is get in his word. I mean, going to church is a wonderful thing because we're supposed to assemble together. When you're with like-minded people and you worship the Lord together, you have a fellowship there. There is a commonality and it's very strengthening. However, it does not replace your personal time with the Lord and hearing his voice and having him call and beckon you. Come on, think about it. When the Lord calls you, he's great almighty God. You're going before the king. Now, if, you know, a king in this earth or the queen over there called and summoned you, you'd just be so happy-go-lucky. You'd just say, oh, 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 and look at me, right? I'm saying if he calls you and you go and sup with him, you ought to say, whoa, 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 look at me. And then fall way low because you know what? You are really in the presence now of royalty. You are the in the presence of the great creator God who has all power and he has the final say over everything. So be, 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 be so um, excited that he cares so much as to call you out, right? And so we all taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man that trusts in him at all costs. And let me tell you what I had to do to get there. I used to go in through, a, I went through a time with a child of mine. I was hurting. I was in pain. I was crying out day in and day out. And I would say, I trust you, Lord, but Father, I trust you no matter what it felt like in myself. And let me tell you, I'm not telling you this, that they'd say I was all that and somebody. No, 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 no. I'm telling you how I fought for it. I trust you, Lord. I trust you, Father. You promised, Father. And sometimes he would speak to me and give me peace. One day he said, what what, uh, can you claim? What promise have I given you that you can claim? And he gave me a promise about my children. And I spoke it back to myself. And I walked in the beauty of knowing that no matter what my eyes beheld and no matter what my emotions were speaking, the Lord gave me a promise. And I was trying to hold on as best I could. And God 
he finally held on for me because I really was faint of heart. And he kept me going. He kept me going day in and day out. I went to work. I did what I had to do. And I have seen his delivering power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. God, I thank you. So fear, uh, trust him, trust him. And number verse nine says, Oh, fear the Lord, ye his saints, for there is no want to them that fear him. No want to them that fear him. Fear the Lord. Don't fear an enemy. Don't fear the world. Now, we are to be wise and we hear from uh, the Holy Spirit as to how to navigate our way because we are definitely in a journey here. And the, the, it's a rocky road sometimes. But trust him and, and, and fear him. Now, that fear is a holy a realization of who he is in his power, who he is in his last word, because whatever he says will be, who he is in terms of being able to save us from the enemy, to save us from the chaos, to save us and protect us in dark times, to give us joy. Let us fear him, right? The young lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they that Seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. Listen to the words. Come, you children, hearken unto me, and I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What man is it that desires life and loves many days that he may see good? That's all of us. Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from speaking guile. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. We like to get mad and tell people off and do all that stuff. Seek peace, the word says, and run after it. Pursue it at all costs. Seek peace. Establish peace. Blessed are the peacemakers, right? But they shall be called the children of God. Hallelujah. Depart from evil. The eyes of the Lord are upon the righteous and his ears are open unto their cry. Oh God, I thank you. Hallelujah. Not righteous by my own hand, not even, could not be, but righteous in that I'm accepted in the beloved, in that you have covered me with your redemption. I am bought with the price of your own blood. You paid for me. I belong to you. Remind him that you know it, right? And then he comes in and he does all the rest on our behalf. Praise the Lord. The face of the Lord is against them to do evil, that do evil, to cut off even the remembrance of them from the earth. God sees and knows all. The righteous cry and the Lord hears and delivers them out of all their troubles. The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a broken heart. Lord, and you know we break down here when we realize who we are, when we realize what we fight and how weak sometimes we are. Oh God, we are of a broken heart and a contrite spirit. He saves. That's what this word says. He saveth such as be of a contrite spirit. Many are the afflictions of the righteous, but glory to God, he delivers them out of them all. Who girls and guys out there, can't you just rejoice that God has the matter well in hand? Hallelujah. Praise his name. He keeps all of his bones. Not one of them are broken. That's Jesus. Remember, when they came to break his, his legs, there his bones, they, he was already dead. Not one of them 
is broken. Glory. He keeps his word. He keeps his promise. That which he pronounces to be shall be. No matter what we see, God is always going to win out. He is always the victor. Evil shall slay the wicked, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate without anything, deserted out there alone. But um, the titled song from the Broadway play, I'm sorry, I just skipped it, shall be desolate. The Lord redeems the soul of his servants, and none of them that trust in him shall be desolate, even though the others shall be. We trust in him. God has us. He's got our front, and he is our rear guard. He goes before us. And he covers us from the back. Hallelujah. We are dressed in the full armor of God. Let's remember that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They are mighty through God to the pulling down of every stronghold and casting down every imagination that exalts itself against the knowledge of our God. And you know, when the enemy comes in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise the standard. That standard is a military term. There is a battle that he will have to go through before he can get to us. May God be praised. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. And I end by um, referencing this uh, play that was on Broadway. And the title song from the play was, uh, in a question, uh, 525,600 minutes. How do you measure the year of your life? And the song suggests then, how about love? How about love? How about love? Let me tell you, the whole world is saying, how about love? Because there's so much, so much seeming hatred. So much war and greed, such that you would just tread down the innocent. Just do whatever to make your way prosperous outside of love. And guess who is love? Only God. And in him alone can we even meet with a modicum of love. We need him very much. We need him. Right. And I say uh, that I would suggest the same thing. Let's try love and multiply that 525,600 minutes by the number of years that we have lived. And then we look back and measure those years by love. And in those years, Father, was I in Love. Now, I'm not talking about love with another person. I'm talking about being positioned in God such that my life itself had some meaning for eternity. Did I share the love of Christ with someone else so that they were drawn out of the grip of the enemy and their fears? The agape of our Lord, our God, whose love is ever watching, always near, plenteous in mercy, always protecting us, calling us to salvation and maturity in our rebirth through his dear son, Jesus Christ, whose death on the cross atoned for the sins of the whole world. Yours and mine for sure. But the whole world, John three sixteen, so says, I witnessed his love and his power during that horrible time. 
and I witnessed and learned of the power of his blood. Being redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ is a particular position that not everyone can boast of, but our souls can make their boast in that very, very phenomenal redemptive power of God through Jesus Christ. Being lifted up on the cross, John 3.16 tells us that God so loved, he loved them so, he loved his world so that he gave his only begotten son, fashioned this born of birth of Christ to be a man. He came like a man, like a mere man and lived and overcame the temptations of the flesh and all that he had to go through, the sufferings of mankind being rejected of his own, etc. And then being accused of what he never committed, but took upon himself willingly that you and I could walk out of it and into his righteousness. Oh, 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 when I consider it. Oh my goodness, when I consider it. Hmm. Glory to God. I witness his love and the power of his shed blood to redeem our lives from the grip of sin and the lies of the enemy, from fear of the enemy and his power over us. I witness God's power to make us his children, to make me his child and to give me his peace, even amid chaos and challenges. Hallelujah. All we have to do is rest easy. See, and you may not have to fight like I fought. You may be so far advanced in your understanding of these matters than I was. Tell somebody else. Help someone else. Pray for someone else. Spend time with those who are needy. And in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord God, we, we, we ask you, Father, to rebuke the enemy no matter where he is and where he's coming, how he's shooting arrows at your blessed ones. Oh, God, I ask you to raise up that standard, Father. I ask you even to pull down the strongholds in their minds, the vain imaginations that exalt themselves against the knowledge of who you are and that you see them and that you know them also in the name of Jesus Christ. God, I ask you for spiritual strength and power, Father, to walk after you, to do those things that you command us to do, to be your children in obedience to your way, leading and guiding us by your spirit. In the name of Jesus, if I had a New Year's resolution, Lord God, and I could keep it, that would be it fully, but I commit all of me, all of me, Lord God, all of me to you, that you, Father, through me will do the work and that you, God, will rebuke that enemy, that you, Father, will dress us completely in the full armor of God, that you, God, will arrest every evil thought and every arrow, God, because when we are dressed in your armor, that arrow cannot penetrate the armor. Lord God, that arrow can not destroy the mind we are dressed 
Christ in the helmet of salvation. We're wearing the breastplate of righteousness. In our hands, we wield that mighty sword of your word, God, in the spirit that is able to divide soul from spirit, bone even from marrow. Oh God, we walk with shoes shod on our feet. We are these shoes that are the preparation of the gospel of peace. And Lord God, we have the belt of truth, shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace and the belt of truth. We are fully clad, fully clad, appropriately as the children of God. Hallelujah. And Lord, you make it all right in that we are found positioned in you, in Jesus Christ, the covering who makes it all what it ought to be. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. This, my dears, this is good. This is good. May we walk in it. May we walk in it. May we walk in it. Walk in it and receive it. And then let's look back and remember. How do we measure the years of our own lives? Just even the last year. I'm telling you, I measure them in the love of God's redemption, his deliverance, his mercy, his never ending, never changing love. What he said he would do for me, he has done. What he says he's done for you, he will do again. Whatever we need, we can trust him to provide. But we look not at the world and what we need here, except that it be a spiritual need to get us beyond and into the eternity that has been prepared for us. Oh, I was reading Revelation the other day and I, one of these months before this year goes too far, I might even start next week. We're going to read the book of the Revelation. We need to read it. At the end of the book, it says, blessed is he who reads and keeps the prophecy of this book. Blessed is he who reads and keeps the prophecy. Let me tell you, when you get revelation in your mind, can I expound on it? No, I cannot exegete revelations. It's uh, too great for me. But in reading it, reading it, what you do get, what I get is a real vision for glory, for the coming Lord Jesus Christ for the awakening of all of his blessed creation to who he is and for the receiving of who I am in his eternal kingdom. Oh, it's spread out there. It's a table set. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. If you have a testimony, right? You know, I'm not asking you to reveal the secrets of your life. No, I don't think it's God asking you or any of us to do that. But in your testimony, there is an exaltation of God and there is a witness of his salvation through Jesus Christ. If you want to share it here on this platform, I am so open to that. May our God bless and keep us all. 
Um, and I think that Anna gave us a fresh in spaces there, she gave us first Corinthians fifteen fifty seven. But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. That's one of them. And there's another one that I thank my God that through Jesus Christ, I am always victorious. That is another one. And that is a truth. And um, if I had more time, maybe I should just find it for you. Because these truths, uh, we walk with them. We speak these words. We speak the words, guys. When you, you know the word of God, say anything. Anything that you know from the scripture, just keep on speaking it out, right? As often as you can in every day. And in your worship, the what is it? I think it's... Um, uh, it's probably, ooh, I want to say Corinthians. We are supposed to make melody in our heart, speaking to ourselves with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. That's that's our life. That's how we live. That's how we live. That's how we overcome. You have to keep it going, ruminating like the old cow, chewing his cud. Just keep chewing, 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 swallowing, bring up again the word of God that we are transformed and changed into the imago dei, the image of God in and by which we are cre created. We are created in his image. Fight for, and it ain't that big a fight nonetheless, because once you get started, the Lord takes you by the hand and leads you all the way. He leads me all the way, all the way to that transformed life that we have been given. God is good. I thank him for this opportunity to be with you. I thank him and I ask him to bless you most abundantly. I ask that you would share with others. Yo, we're not here for popularity. I don't care who comes. I don't care how many come and how many don't come. But I care about this one thing, that somebody receives something that will help them to live a victorious, joy, peace-filled life. Righteousness in Christ. Share. If it's worth anything to you, let someone else partake of it. And with that, I just bid you a very pleasant rest of the day. We have sat at a table tonight that was prepared by God and God alone. If you got any morsel of good out of this, know that it was God and God alone. Remember, he alone can take the throne of the universe. He sits there as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the Savior, God of all. Thank him for this meal and we go forth rejoicing in the goodness that we have received. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. And in this year, Lord God, we are expecting to live as your children. You reminding us of who we are day in and day out. A royal priesthood, a peculiar people that we should be called the children of God. Hallelujah. See you next time, darlings. I hope you received. Let me know if you can. I would love to hear. And this episode will be lifted up to the uh, Rehoboth Institute of the Arts episode list 
on Podbean. You may go back and re-listen or listen to anything else that we have recorded. We've had some pretty good ones, those that have fed me tremendously. I hope you will partake and be blessed for having done so. Goodbye. Goodbye. For now. <laughs>